That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. The school talked of nothing but Sirius Black for the next few days. The theories about how he had entered the castle became wilder and wilder. Hannah Abbott from Hufflepuff spent much of their next herbology class telling anyone who'd listened that Black could turn into a flowering shrub. The fat lady's ripped canvas had been taken off the wall and replaced with the portrait of Sir Cadigan and his fat gray pony. Nobody was very happy about this. Sir Cadigan spent half his time challenging people to duels and the rest thinking up ridiculously complicated passwords, which he changed which he changed at least twice a day. He's barking mad, said Seamus Finnegan angrily to Percy. Can't we get anyone else? None of the other pictures wanted the job, said Percy, frightened of what happened to the fat lady. Sir Cadigan was the only one brave enough to volunteer. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the restricted section, in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 9, Grim Defeat, Part 1, Defeated by Sirius Black. We pick up right where the last chapter left off. The fat lady has flown the coop and Sirius Black is presumably somewhere in the school. So Dumbledore sends all the students to the Great Hall for a little sleepover while the teachers search the castle for Sirius Black. In the end, they can't find him. So for the next couple days, all anyone can talk about is Sirius Black. Oh my god, how did he get in? What's going on? They get a replacement guardian for the portrait hole to Gryffindor Tower. Um, I'm gonna call him Sir Cadigan because that just feels right in my mouth. Um, but you are so welcome to call him Sir Cadogan if that is what makes your heart happy. So he's not the best guard. Um, yeah, he kind of sucks. Quote, nobody was very happy about this. Harry starts getting chaperoned by his teachers and Percy Weasley. Everyone's worried that he's about to get, like, murdered. Right before the first Quidditch match of the term, Gryffindor's supposed to be playing Slytherin, but they find out last minute that they're going to be playing Hufflepuff because it's, like, raining like hell outside. So everyone's really pissed about that. And then the day before the match, Harry shows up to defense against the Dark Arts 10 minutes late, and he's like, oh, sorry, Professor Lupin, but it's not Professor Lupin, it's Professor Snape, who proceeds to terrorize an entire class really, really, really terribly. Um, He makes Hermione cry, he makes them all feel stupid, he takes points and points and points, even though he's just literally, he's gone rogue. They cover werewolves and for homework he asked for an essay about how to identify and kill werewolves great guy love him like i was in the car with him and he was like i'm a fascist but not that kind of fascist and i was like i need to get out of here wait wait roll the tapes roll the tapes he said i'm a fascist but i'm not but oh but don't worry don't worry i'm not that kind of fascist. What yes. kind of fascist? Oh, oh no. no, wait, guys, guys. He's the good kind of fascist. You see, I always forget because I'm an anti-fascist, oh but like I always forget that there are the good fascists. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, my friend Joe, the one good fascist. Because, you know, there's a good one in every bunch. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get started at 
this time. Welcome to the restricted section. It's me, head girl, Christina. Lights out, no talking. Just kidding. This is a podcast. Obviously, we have to talk. That's what we're here for. Uh, Haley, there you are. Hi. Um, okay, Haley, tell me. I can hear you trying not to ask how I am. No, I'm not even, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't give a shit how you are. It's the mark of a true friendship. (laughs) The mark of true friendship is that I have known how you have been all day today, almost minute by minute. That's very true. (laughs) Okay, here's our introductory question. Where would you hide in Hogwarts if you had to? I, I assume this is based on the fat lady, or or, or is this a serious black question? It's a serious black okay. question. If you were maybe trying to murder a rat and people were misunderstanding you and you had to hide, where would you go? I mean, if I'm serious black, I'm going down one of the tunnels that no one else fucking knows about. Wow. Okay. Well, okay, wait. Um. Okay, fine. Okay, well, maybe this wasn't a great question. <laughs> Okay, let's do this instead. He's not try- trying to run away. He's just trying to, like, lurk and hide. So, like, if I if I was playing hide-and-seek in Hogwarts, where would I hide? Okay, so that is now what the, this question is, okay, is if we were right. playing hide-and-seek in Hogwarts. In that case, haunted suit of armor. Ooh. Oh! It's not haunted until you enter it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's being occupied by a ghost, and then I also get in there, and then the ghost gets mad at me. <laughs> Andrew, what about you? Where would you hide in Hogwarts? You didn't introduce me. I said Andrew. Andrew. See, it's weird if I don't ask how people are. It's fucking weird. It's just like not organic conversation. Let's just redo it. Let's redo it. I I forgot you were going to do that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, hey, Andrew. Hi. Hi. Hello. 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 (laughs) Wow. Natural. Sounds (laughs) natural. Leave it in. Let them know. We'll do it live! (laughs) Every podcast is live every time. Robert Evans tells us this. We know it's true. Oh, my God. I don't know about y'all, but I feel like this week has taken 100 years, and, like, I'm almost, like, hysterical at this point. Where would you hide in Hogwarts if you were playing hide and seek? I mean, maybe I'm just going with the obvious answer here, but the room of requirement? True, but if you're hiding from someone who knows about the room, they won't get you. I mean, if they know about the room, then... They probably could find any place in their castle. So especially if you get creative with it, like, I need a room that I can hide in that has ways for me to monitor the locations of everyone else. Oh my god, and it's just like the only room in Hogwarts with any technology at it's all, like, and it's <laughs> like an elaborate camera system. Uh, oh I'm basically god. imagining you walk into the situation room from the White House. So you walk into it, and it's just like monitors with every position, graphs, yeah, no, radar. Yeah, I, mean, I, I- I used to work I used to work security in a museum and like that was my job like I was I was the monitors person. It sucks. It's terrible. I don't recommend <laughs> it. I'm really delighted to share that our special guest today is a friend of the podcast, Adele. Hello. Hi. Thank so you. Or, see that one was a lot more organic. <laughs> so, where would you hide in Hogwarts if you had to? Um, I would probably hide in one of the greenhouses, uh, yeah, yeah. because, uh, plants, and also if some scary murderer was coming after me, I would also just want to be surrounded by plants if I was gonna die, I guess. Well, I mean, also, like, if, if it's the Hogwarts greenhouses, like, don't they have, like, the venomous tentacula? Yeah, I could, I could, yeah, throw plants at them, and then also, I guess I'm making it easy for them, though, easy place to bury the body. 
Oh, true. Yeah, so pros and cons. Pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just imagining you, like, they're chasing you. You step out from behind a corner with a mandrake and earmuffs on and just yeah. you're like, yeah. wrong decision. Right. Pull it out of the pot. <laughs> It's like a grenade. You chuck it and just run the other direction. Yeah, actually, it would work from this day forward. I'll just be carrying earmuffs. Yeah. A mandrake as a grenade is so ridiculous. In fact, it's exactly like a grenade. You just take the whole pot and throw the whole pot. It breaks. The mandrake's going to start yelling. It's not going to be yeah. happy. And it's you like the ripple effect. Run. As yeah. soon as one baby starts screaming, the other mandrake exactly. babies would scream. And then the whole castle would know where the murderer was. This is brilliant, yeah. Well, you'd have the wizard equivalent of PETA all over your ass. like they, Yeah, but <laughs> like, that's okay. They support the rights of mandrakes. Yeah. <laughs> and other sentient plant life. It's just Hermione. But I was going <laughs> to say, the wizarding world is stuck in like 1800s. They think of animal rights as, well, he didn't yeah. beat the animal on purpose. So, you know, he's doing a good job. Also that. Yeah, yeah Greenhouse too. That's where it's at. That's an excellent for, answer, yeah. Adele. <laughs> If I was playing hide and seek at Hogwarts, I would hide in Filch's office because ain't nobody going in there to try to find me. Oh, that's true. damn. I didn't even think of that. What if mm-hmm. Filch was simultaneously hiding there? <laughs> take him out. <laughs> Just saying. He's a squib. You can take but, him. But <laughs> wait. But he's confiscated so many cool items over the years that you know that the files and the desk doors are just like crammed with with cool oh, stuff like yeah. the, the fanged frisbees. Throw that at somebody's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's a defense mechanism. And there's chains in there. We definitely leapt from doing like hide and seek to like a murderer is chasing us. It's like home home alone. Hogwarts chasing us. This is, yeah, no, this is a very home alone thing. <laughs> yeah. We can do it. I believe in us. <laughs> I love Hogwarts alone. I love it. There, there's an old kung fu movie called uh what is it the man with the flying guillotine so he like has a big like it almost looks like a big hat like a raiden from uh mortal Kombat, like that hat and he throws it and it lands on your head and like a blade drops down and then he pulls it and it spins and pulls off their head right okay that's kind of metal it's very metal do you think amazon has that <laughs> <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> Amazon doesn't. Jeff Bezos does, though. That's actually a biopic about Jeff Bezos. We can get Bezos. it for Jeff Bezos. Why yeah. do you think his head is shaved? It's because he wanted to be a kung fu master. Oh, my God. It's all coming together. Sorry, I wasn't supposed to reveal the secret. I need to go. He's coming for you. There's, there's an Amazon drone on its way to your house as we speak. Just burst through the window behind me. No! Okay, Adele, will you please share your very hairy history with us? Yeah, so th- all the books kind of came out by, I think, 2007. So that was a little kind of too early for me. Um, so when I was in middle school around like 2009, um, I went on a family camping trip with my parents, which is really fun. And then in the used bookstore, I got the first uh, five books, oh, uh, I love that. which was really magical. And then I read all of them on the camping trip. Um, How long were you camping for? Um, I devoured them. I grew up, yeah, I was like a big, big reader growing up. And we were camping for a while. And I mean, there's not much to do aside from, you know, a canoeing trip and, mm-hmm. you know, hiking and stuff. There was a lot of, you know, sitting around the campfire reading Harry Potter for the first time. So that was really magical. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so jealous. That's such yeah, a beautiful was... first way to experience them. Yeah, because the year before, uh, the sixth movie had come out. And I remember my brother and my dad going to see it. I don't know why they went to see it. But I was like, oh, I don't know what Harry Potter is. But then, like, the same time a year later, I was like, oh, my God, like, Harry Potter. 
So I was actually able to go see the last movie in theaters. Um, a family friend took me and I had like um, Harry Potter merch that I wore. Um, and it was just super magical. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then I wrote Harry Potter fan fiction and was like played Harry yes. Potter uh, with my friends for uh, an embarrassing amount of time. And yeah, uh, got to finish the series when my parents bought it for me. Yeah, we read them probably every year. So that, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Adela, I, I assume you're aware of My Immortal. Yeah. Yeah, my... Yeah. Um, oh, we need to cover that, too. <laughs> we yes. do. My two best friends and I... I think I discovered it because I was the one who was into fan fiction. And, like, my two best friends and I spent most of a night in, like, eighth grade taking turns reading it in, like, the stupidest voice we could possibly oh my do. God. And, like, just, like, when one of our voices gave out, someone else would take over. It was honestly one of the most fun nights of my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I don't write it anymore, but I do still read it. And the best moment, I think, uh, was last year I was at a concert because I'm uh, a music student and we're required to go to a certain number of concerts. Um, and we were not interested in this concert, me and my friends. So I was sitting there and someone else was on their phone reading something and it looked like um, a fan fiction site. And I was like, oh, what are you reading? And they're like, oh, like dreary fan fiction. And I was like, nice. So I was like, I know I'm, 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 yeah, I am also reading Harry Potter fan fiction during this concert. And we have, we locked eyes and we just had that special moment. And yeah, it was oh, beautiful. beautiful. That's how lifelong friendships are made. It was it was pretty <laughs> magical. Yeah. <laughs> so what Hogwarts house are you? I'm a Slytherin um, with a bit of Ravenclaw, but mm-hmm. I'm too... They usually go hand in hand. Yeah, I just... I, uh, I'm too, I think, too much of a bitch to be a Ravenclaw, maybe. <laughs> although they can be. Uh, but yeah, every test I've taken has been primarily Slytherin. So, well, yeah. Cool. Let's not forget, Slytherin is not universally bad. No, no, being a bitch doesn't make you bad. There's some very good qualities of independence and, for, you know, yeah, determination cunning, and things um, like that. Ambition is like their biggest one, too. And I would consider myself a very ambitious person. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I've always been a, Slytherin gets a, a bad rap. I agree. We're Slytherin apologists here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not every Slytherin. <laughs> yeah, well, you linked, uh, or somebody linked in the Facebook group these like pajama sets or something of loungewear sets and they were different houses. And I was like, well, like the Slytherin one has little like Voldemort's and little Draco Malfoy's on it. And I was like, why would I want to wear something like, oh, everyone else gets cute characters and like actually nice characters. And I was like, why would I want a little Voldemort? Like, yeah. Just give me Professor Slughorn. Oh, (laughs) I like Draco. I, I would argue that most Hufflepuffs we meet suck. Yeah. Which is fine. Well, we it's we fine. meet we do meet our uh, one of our first token Hufflepuffs in our this only chapter section. Two Hufflepuffs are mentioned in this section. I counted. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So this chapter starts off immediately after the last episode. The fat lady has just flown the coop. We just discovered her portrait. Her portrait has been murdered, basically, but she's not murdered. She's okay. She's hiding. I don't know how I feel about this aspect of the story. And I say that because I get that it would be traumatic in any realm of existence to have someone come at you with a knife. But, like, you can't really get hurt if you're a painting. Can you, though? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but I just... I. Because everything that we've seen has been like, as long as there's another painting of you, you can go there. So it's like, why not just get like a backup painting made of the fat lady, put it in Dumbledore's office and 
Well, she runs to a different painting. You can travel in between paintings, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so... but, but, like, but you mean like why not uh, have an yeah. empty painting that hmm. she yeah. can go? Yeah, well, especially if know. you're worried about him coming back, put her there and then have another one in Dumbledore's office. She's like, he's back. Hmm. Yeah, that's wow. That is a great idea. Oh, that, that actually would have been a good idea. <laughs> that makes perfect fucking sense. Hmm. I get like three of them a year. So, you know, <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> The whole Gryffindor house was, like, outside of the Gryffindor common room, like, what's going on? So Dumbledore sends them all to the Great Hall for a sleepover. Sleepover party! So that the teachers can search the castle for Sirius Black, because presumably he has to still be in the castle, because all of the entrances are guarded, but also presumably he can't even be in the castle, because all the entrances are guarded, so... It's like Schrodinger's cat, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Schrodinger's murderer, much yeah. more threatening. <laughs> so I, I, I've got a question for y'all that popped in mm-hmm. my head when I was reading this. And I know this is looking a little bit forward, but this seems like the time to kind of do that. Why would Filch not bring up the fact that he has the Marauder's map in his office? He doesn't know what it is. Yeah, he doesn't know how to work it. But he doesn't know how to work it. But he he has to have some idea of what it is because he no put it, because it, if you don't if you don't know how to use it all it does is insult you. Let me finish though. Let me finish because he knows it's something and he also knows who made it and he knows that those people are the four fucking marauders that group of ridiculous kids that gave him so much of a headache. I don't think he knows who made it. When do we think that Fred and George nicked it? Because they they said like their first week. Yeah. yeah. So it's been it's been a a while, a couple of years that they've had it. Filch, I don't think knows how to use it, knows who made it, doesn't know what it's capable of. Mm. I don't think he knows anything about it. He just thinks it's a piece of paper that insults you. And he's a squib, so the map, like the map, may not respond right. to uh, non magical folk speaking to it. I think that's true. I think the literal only thing he knows about it is that Fred and George. No, is that someone? He confiscated it from someone. So someone must have had it and, like, coveted it and been like, this is important to me. And he's like, this is suspicious. Although this does really, like, raise the question of the actual, like, the full provenance of the Marauders map from the Marauders to Fred and George. Like, did the Marauders pass it on to, like, some younger troublemakers before they they left school? I I hope so. How did Filch get it? Like, what happened? Because I can't imagine them, like, being dumb enough to lose it. Yeah. Honestly, and this is what I want to see in this HBO series. See? See? We want that Marauders content. Mm-hmm, we want it. Mm-hmm. That, that's the thing is, like, I, I figured he had to have gotten it from the Marauders, but not knowing what it hmm. was. I, I just, I don't know how else, unless someone is actively using it, how else you could find someone with a piece of paper and be like, aha, especially in a school. I think there's a, a lot of ways. Like, he finds someone giggling over it and they shut it off in front of him. You know what I mean? And then he, like, can't get it to come back or something. He finds it amongst other prank items, and he's like, must also be a prank item. Or somebody wandering around at night, he could have, like, intercepted them. And and then, you know, if if it's cleared, and he's like, well, they were guilty, they had this... Yeah. yeah, remember in the Prisoner of Azkaban film when Harry sees Peter Pettigrew on the map and he's like wandering around that hallway yeah. without I- his invisible invisibility cloak and with the light too. Like, yeah. So if Filch mm-hmm. found that person with that piece of paper, he'd be like, "This piece of paper is part of this equation." Yeah, I don't know what it does, but I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah, Harry's not Hermione. He doesn't just carry around spare parchment. <laughs> 
in case of emergency. <laughs> I know this kid and I know he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think I, I would feel so dumb if I were to walk up to someone in that situation and be like, I know the paper has something to do with it. I'm taking the paper. And like, just because- Phil's just the, that kind of guy. I know, but just like, imagine walking away and the very high likelihood of the people looking at each other being like, did he just take a piece of paper? Hmm. He, but He's he doesn't afraid. give a fuck anymore. He's yeah, paranoid. He yeah. Like, honestly, the thing that I've always, like, really wondered about is of all of the things in his office, of all the possible items, uh, all the possible confiscated items, how did Fred and George find that? Because they're smart. They're like, this is not a fanged Frisbee. Mm-hmm. This is not a filibuster's fireworks. This it's is not something. obvious. Yeah, this so. is something special. I, I yeah. thought it was marked extremely dangerous or something like yeah, that. Yeah, in I, a folder I, or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's man. so intriguing. See, that's the thing is, if it's marked, that's why well, I guess I that's the check. part. Oh, yeah, that's the part that was messing with me is if it's marked extremely dangerous, he has to have some idea of what it does. Yeah, that means something happened. It was, like, found on a student after some great rule breaking. Well, and let's be honest, like, if it's marked extremely dangerous, he knows it's it's obviously done something. Wouldn't he take it to Dumbledore and be like, check out this paper, yo. I can't do anything with it. Maybe you can. I can see him taking it to Dumbledore, and I can fully see Dumbledore being like, huh, weird. Here you go. And then (laughs) Filch being like, all right, I don't... Like, I can see Dumbledore being like, all due respect, this is very below my pay grade. And Filch just being like, fine, I'm just going to put it in the, conf- like, the extremely dangerous folder and put it on <laughs> display for anyone to steal. We've had a headcanon before of Filch just filling out all this extensive paperwork and Dumbledore just, like, lovingly taking it from him and then just, like, throwing it away, you know? So I feel like this might – Dumbledore's just like, okay, bud. About every three months he comes to Dumbledore and goes, uh, Headmaster, I went ahead and created a new a new form. This is the mopped the east side of the first floor wing, uh, 47B. I updated a few things. So you're going to be seeing this a lot more now. <laughs> Uh, just, I wanted you to get a heads this, like, up. This comes in with like a banker box full of files. Oh, Dumbledore is just like slowly feeding them into the fire yeah. while maintaining eye contact. Or Dumbledore just vanishes them, honestly. <laughs> the minute, the minute Fitch leaves. And then he's like, whoops. I sent them somewhere special. Yeah, he's got bigger stuff to think about. Yeah, he's uh, working on, I don't know, some sort of magic project. Speaking of Dumbledore. Yeah. Dumbledore sends all guys, we're one sentence into my notes. <laughs> Dumbledore sends all the students to the Great Hall for a sleep. Okay, wait, I already read that one sentence. Okay, we're two sentences into my notes. <laughs> um, so all the school gathers in the Great Hall. He puts the head boy and girl in charge. So Percy is quote looking immensely proud and important. As you do. Dumbledore does a little bit of magic he makes all the tables and benches go away and then he makes hundreds of squashy purple sleeping bags appear. Who else super wanted to sleep in those? Those are really comfortable. I know! But you're still sleeping on the floor. The thing about a sleeping bag is you want to have like a cushion underneath the sleeping bag. I think they've got built-in cushioning. It's magic, honestly. Squashy, yeah. yeah. 
So um, we know they're purple because purple's for sure Dumbledore's is, favorite color. It, mm-hmm. Is purple just Dumbledore's favorite color or is it like the school color? I think it's the school color. Oh, it, no, wait. Hogwarts didn't have a color until Dumbledore became headmaster. And then he <laughs> was like, purple. It was on his priority. That's what he's, he's thinking of important stuff like that instead of reading Filch's documents. <laughs> yes. Yeah, priorities. <laughs> So what kind of magic is he doing here? Because you can't make something from nothing. I always wonder about this. I was thinking about this earlier. um, And I think that, like, Hogwarts must have, like, a storage room of, like, emergency sleeping. Just, like, emergency supplies or whatever. And I think he, I don't think he, like, created these. I think he summoned them. He just snagged them. them. Yeah. Yeah, they're from somewhere. He has, like, an Accio spell that's mm-hmm. less ridiculous and doesn't have to fly through the air. Yeah, something like that. Well, and I wanted to ask you all about this, too, because this is one of those examples where I always kind of like that bitch's whole frame of how magic works with, like, mm-hmm. there's set spells that do set things that, you know... There's like limits. It's not like just like it's not like the force where you just kind of like man, then something happens. You've got to be doing like set wand movements and things. There is wild magic. There is like you know pressure and explosions and stuff and creature magic. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. But as far as like I have an objective, you have to kind of know the way to get that objective, right? Mm -hmm. Dumbledore just like waves his wand, all the tables move, and then all these sleeping bags come out now. Sure, he could be summoning them from, like, storage lot 47B underneath Hogwarts, but there's several times that the less esteemed writer of this book, uh, the formerly esteemed writer of this book, kind of breaks her own rules. And it's almost always with either Dumbledore or Voldemort. They just kind of, like... Do what those are the two most powerful yeah. wizards in the they, world. It must, they it must are, have something to do with that. I mean, I think it goes hand in hand with um, like voiceless magic, like yeah. like a, a high level thing they learn at Hogwarts is how to do. Do they they call it voiceless magic? Is that right? No, I think it's voiceless magic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I just think that Dumbledore's just like extraordinarily advanced at those things and he can't he doesn't need to say the thing and or he's do the thing. Old as fuck. He's been studying magic for like a, forever. A he's gazillion. like practically one with it at this point. Yeah. yeah. So so is he casting like And he has the elder wand. However many individual locomotive locomotive too much of a Ravenclaw right now. And I'm gonna I'm gonna Hufflepuff you and say that he knows what he's doing in his heart. And I think when you are so good at something you don't have to break it down into its smaller segments you just do it you know what i mean i think he conjured one sleeping bag and then replicated it oh but like if the tables all move at one time is he casting four different yeah, for all like, the students, spells to move all the different all the tables i don't think i just don't think he needs to i don't <laughs> think he needs to do any of this i think he just is like move and the tables are like fine whatever you say sir you yeah. know as soon as dumbledore leaves the hall obviously burst into chatter everyone is like why are we here what is happening oh my god this is crazy it's a school night what are we doing and so the gryffindors have to like tell everyone else what happened the tea and then percy calls lights out in 10 minutes which is probably like the most this is probably the greatest moment of his life so far yeah just like the whole school is under my (laughs) command in the same room in my notes i wrote yeah in my notes i wrote percy's on a power trip one thing though So they left the prefects and the head boy and the head girl in charge. These are basically 15 to 17-year-olds mm-hmm. to guard the entrances. 
I mean, I, gu- I guess I get the head boy and the head girl in charge, but the prefects, that's 15 in charge of like everyone else, 15 years. Oh my God. The ghosts, the ghosts are probably helping as well. Cause like they said, send a ghost. So they probably got the ghosts kind of walk, you know, floating around, yeah. making sure no one's doing anything too yeah, crazy. It says the ghosts like are chatting very seriously with the prefects or something. Yeah. Plus like yeah. S- Sirius doesn't have a wand. No. Okay, yeah. wait. So is the question here, is the question here, are these 15-year-olds qualified to defend <gasps> students against Sirius Black? Or is the question, are these 15-year-olds qualified to be babysitting 100 other students? Which, uh, which question? Both. Do you think these topics were covered in their prefect training manual that they get? <laughs> it's like an orientation. <laughs> is there, is there orientation? You know, I'm just picturing prefect orientation now. <laughs> Ron had to do a trust fall with Malfoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would first, never. first aid training, you know, mm. like crisis training. Uh, it's like when when the schools are in lockdown and they're just like, yeah, like hit them. Like the, here's how you hit them over the head with the fire extinguisher. Oh my god! <laughs> here's how you use a fire extinguisher. Yeah, but I was just shocked. I like that stood out to me. I was like, wow, they are not qualified to and also like their peers as someone who has been in like a position of leadership with peers and people who are only like slightly younger than me i know that like it's so tough well we all respected the safety patrol at school right okay i was a safety patrol at school okay no it's like that john mulaney bit about his uh his babysitter when he was 10 and finding out that she was only 13 when he was 10 he's like why the fuck was she in charge that's like a horse (laughs) watching a slightly larger horse yeah I think that the prefects, yeah, like, they're, they're, like, low-key in charge all the time, and just, like, during, like, day-to-day, mm-hmm. and, like, for the most part, these students take care of themselves, you know what I mean? It's a very yeah. fend-for-yourself kind of environment at Hogwarts. Yeah. We've brushed over something a little too quickly, and I think there's something we have to consider here, which is- He's making his joke face. How turned on was Percy when he got to do what mm-hmm. he did in front of Penelope? You know, he, he just got like a full every- body like shiver. Oh, and he he just, like, like had uh, to take a like, second. Ooh, like it, like I'm commanding everyone. Mm-hmm. I right hope there. she's watching. Yeah, and you I know, know she's watching because the whole school is here. And you know what? I'm commanding her too. She's into it. We decided our headcanon last week was that he broke up with Penelope Clearwater so that he could go after the head girl who is not Penelope Clearwater. But he's still in love with Penelope and he still kind of kind of wants Penelope oh. to be watching. Okay, wait, now you're right, Haley. He was probably so disappointed in her. Yeah, he was like, "I, you're just not at my level. I'm sorry, but I just I want somebody who has the same goals um, and ambitions <laughs> as me. And I envision myself going to a place that I just don't think you're ready for yet academically and intellectually so we have to break up penelope i think you're going to have a wonderful and beautifully quaint life but i just don't want any part of that i i want grander things more noble things i want to be the minister for magic's bitch I want to be a fascist. I want to be the royal ball fondler. I put my. I want to be one of the good fascists. You just lower. Yeah, I want to be one of the good fascists. <laughs> and you're just not even at that level yet. Oh man. <laughs> you know, looking into the future, Adele, that might be the most appropriate joke ever made about Percy Weasley. <laughs> God damn it. He is a good fascist. He comes back. He says sorry. Oh man. Yeah, and then his brother. That was dies. good. <laughs> 
So Harry, Ron, and Hermione pull their sleeping bags into a corner and they're just like chit-chatting, like swapping thoughts about Sirius Black. Everyone is like, how did he get in? Mm-hmm. How did he get in? Everyone has like crazy theories and Hermione's like, y'all are fucking idiots because clearly <laughs> none of you have wet- read Hogwarts history. We learn about security. No, she's always very like particular about the pause in the movies. Like, yeah. like let's be clear, there is a subtitle. I, yeah. I could be wrong here, but wasn't there a moment in the last book, Chamber of Secrets, where they couldn't get a copy of Hogwarts: A History from the library because it was checked out when everyone was mm-hmm. trying to figure yeah, out? Yeah, but was all going of these on? fucking idiots were just trying to read the chapter about the Chamber yeah. of Secrets. <laughs> they, they were just, reading the whole goddamn book. Yeah, they were book. just flipping through it, and they probably didn't even look at the index yeah, they, or, or the yeah, chapter well, titles. <laughs> they were just like a s- Chamber of Secrets. Where I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Yeah. What's, the, what's the wizarding equivalent of fucking Command F? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um um in the movie Snape does that when Ron doesn't turn to page 394 <laughs> in time. <laughs> um yeah, that book is thick too. I don't think in the books they ever say that it is literally like 1500 pages, but in the film it is evidently like 1500 pages. It is gi- ginormous. It seems to have a lot of illustrations though, and I think that's a key point. Yeah, that's true. I that's love true. a good book with illustrations. So, yeah, so she is, like, none of these theories are valid because there's a lot of, like, protective enchantments and stuff. Like, it's more than just walls. And also we learn later that walls don't count either because he doesn't. He has secret tunnels and stuff. Secret tunnel! Secret tunnel! Secret tunnel! (laughs) Secret tunnel! Secret, 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 secret secret tunnel! tunnel. (laughs) My favorite character. Do y'all think Dumbledore had to tell Filch about the uh, passage underneath the Whomping Willow? Yeah, I think Filch knows about it. Well, yeah, I definitely think Filch knows about it, but do you think that Dumbledore had to tell him, or do you think he figured it out on his own? I don't think he figured it out on his own. I don't think there's any way that he could have done that. I think it's just a known thing in the school. Later on, Fred and George say that they think Filch knows about, like, X number of the passages. Some of the passages well, require magic, though, to open. Well, like the way the the way the twins go over it, as I recall, because I haven't I haven't read that far on this round yet. But the twins are basically Filch knows about these three. Um, mm-hmm. This one's under the Whomping Willow, so don't bother. So this like they don't know in. whether yeah, there's yeah, a caved so, in one, right? So like they mirror. don't know whether or not Filch knows about the Whomping Willow one, but it's a moot right. point because it's under the fucking Whomping Willow. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that. There's, yeah, I think he would have no way to discover it on his own because uh, I don't even like to think about that whole scene in the movie where Harry and Hermione go on a fun ride in the Whomping Willow. It's like the most stupidest the shit Whomping I've ever Willow seen in my them life. For a ride, honestly. Just so Hermione grabs Harry by the shirt and like somehow, what the fuck? I hate that scene so much. Um, Gravity. But, but you have to, like, know exactly where to, like, prep. I just don't think he could have discovered it. Yeah. On. So We're giving Filch too much credit. Yeah. Like, I think, I think Dumbledore made that passage specifically for Lupin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, I, I guess, because where I'm going with this, Filch has figured out, I'm trying to figure out how many of the passages Dumbledore knows about. Because I think he knows about all of them, except for, like, the one. Because we know that he has ways of monitoring what's going on in Hogwarts beyond the average person. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm trying to figure out, like, how much does Dumbledore know what's going on and why isn't he going to Lupin? Why isn't he going to Lupin with all of this, though? 
Andrew, you're going to drive yourself insane reading these books if you ask yourself at every turn, how much does Dumbledore know? We're never going to know how much he knows. Yeah, we get into that a little later in the chapter section, though, when Mm -hmm. Snape and Dumbledore have that conversation. Yeah. I think my final note about does Filch know about the passage under the Whomping Willow is we don't know how long Filch has been working there and he's clearly older than James and Sirius and Lupin so like he might have even been working at the school at a time where it would have been necessary for him to know that like Lupin is permitted out of bed on these days or like whatever. Right. So Percy calls lights out with his big old boner and all the candles go out at once. And I'm sure he like was like talking. He's like, okay, I'm going to call lights out in 10 minutes and I'm going to do the spell and all the candles are going to go out and it's going to be really bad. And he practiced it in his head too. He's like, okay, so I have to put the emphasis on this word and this word and take a little pause between this word. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was really ready for this. Everyone starts, like, whispering, and the only lights are coming from the ghosts, and um, everyone's, like, really excited, and the ceiling is, like, showing a starry sky, and this actually sounds like the most loveliest thing in the world. That like, I want great. to be there. A sleepover with the whole school. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Re- it reminds me of later when Firenze gets his classroom, classroom. in the school. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably good that all of the ghosts are really involved right now, because they're the only ones who can't get murdered by the murderer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like they should be out looking for him. I mean, like, they also can't stop the murderer from murdering. Okay, but if they're just trying to locate him, though, like, in hiding. That's true. Yeah, so really, them being in the Great Hall to defend the students is not helpful at all, except for ambiance purposes. (laughs) Yeah, maybe they were like, we'll stay as a light source. Just They're the nightlight. They're the nightlight. So people don't get scared. Yeah. Wait, I want a nightlight that's shaped like nearly you, headless neck. You know the fat friar was like, I'm sure some of the students are a little scared right now in this moment, so I'm just going to hover a little closer to some of the first years yeah. and just, like, emit a soft little glow. Wait, you just gave me 100 new headcanons about the fat friar. <laughs> I know that the fat friar is, like, I, I assume a Catholic or Anglican monk, but, like, I'm picturing him almost like a Buddhist monk, like, floating yeah. cross-legged with his hands kind of like this, just like an in uncle midair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, Meanwhile, with the Slytherins, God. the Bloody Barons just like floating there, and they're all like, and the first years <laughs> like, are just like points at you uh, with a sword. <laughs> why is he covered in blood? Mom, can uh, I go home? <laughs> I, I love falling asleep to the sound of jangling chains. It just really <laughs> it, it puts me at ease, you know. That's some haunting of Hill House shit. All all of these ghosts are the ones that are putting off light. Would that make it non bioluminescence? Oh, I really did. <laughs> Oh man. That's the one. Uh, That's the one. All y'all hated laughing at yourselves. (laughs) Pretty good. Fucking A. Okay, so around three in the morning, Dumbledore comes in. Nobody's sleeping because this is very exciting shit. And also, Harry's like, if I stay here long enough, I'm going to get to eavesdrop on something. He'll get the good (laughs) juicy tea. Yeah, he's going to get the tea. So, Dumbledore and Percy. Start chatting within earshot of the golden trio. Like, what the what the fuck? Can't Dumbledore tell they're not asleep because he can read minds? I think he has to actively turn that on. Yeah. But, like, why wouldn't he be like, well, maybe I should see if Harry's because listening. Because he's in, like, I don't think he knows Harry's nearby. Like, it's just a bunch of okay. lumps on the floor. Yeah, you're right. Like, know which lump is Harry. Lumps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good-looking lump over there. Tina, if you try and worry about how much Dumbledore really knows, <laughs> you're going to drive yourself crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, 
Did I just start another thing? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Dumbledore tells Percy that they didn't find Sirius Black. And Percy's like, thank you for telling me this knowledge. I am so important. I'm the receiver of all knowledge. Oh, my God. Tell me everything. I will take your intel. Um, he Dumbledore also shares that they found a temporary guardian for the portrait hall. And that Filch is going to need to restore the fat lady's portrait because they don't have a backup. Um, art restoration is a whole career that requires, like, a ridiculous amount of, like, technical, scientific, and artistic skill. Mm. So maybe, maybe they do just have, like, an empty painting and Filch just needs to, like, make it nice for her or something. Yeah. He takes a few of those Crayola paintbrushes, <laughs> puts in some trees, maybe like like a little wait, a wait, cloud, so and the, the corner sun, the corner sun. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, like for the rest, like consistently for the whole rest of the series, the fat lady is in like the shittiest painting. <laughs> yeah. No wonder she's pissed off. Like. In the, in the bottom right corner, like printed on the actual canvas, it says, this painting was brought to you by my child and Crayola. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it says Argus in three-year-old handwriting. I, I, <laughs> With a backwards A. Yeah. Yeah. How, what's, what would a backwards A look like? I think you made <laughs> like a lowercase yeah. lower A. <laughs> Haley, I do have to say, though, to to your point, uh, refrigeration requires a lot of multitude of steps to accomplish in the real world. It's also a very simple spell for a mm. wizard. So I'm willing to bet. He's that, a squib, though. He's a squib. But, it, but I, I, just because Filch takes Curly. away the painting doesn't mean he's the one doing the restoration. Mm. It might be Dumbledore's it, like, take that away Filch- so I can... It says Filch is gonna restore it. I think Maybe he's I'm gonna saying, try yeah. to restore it. I'm, all I'm saying here, I think Filch has hidden depths. I think he oh, missed his okay. calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, maybe yeah. he's like a. Well, you know, Adolf Hitler was accepted to art school. Or well, if he had been accepted Loser. to art school. Yeah. He could have been yeah. Filch. So he. Yeah. He been Filch. <laughs> Filch we were talking about that. Oh my God. I don't know. Oh my God. That. <laughs> Did you just figure out that Adolf Hitler is a squib? Oh. And that's why he has so much resentment towards everyone? He has that squib dick energy. No, he just sucked. Yeah. Anyways, well, it says, like, there's, like, like rips, like, with a knife in the painting. There's, like, chunks missing. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I would just say a new canvas. Yeah, I think think you need to really redo it at that point. And, obviously, I think there would be some sort of enchantments on it. Maybe there's, like, a box of pre-enchanted paintings and Filch just has to like find the blank canvas and be like okay (laughs) and then convince her to move into it it's like introducing a fish to a new tank like yeah (laughs) to let the ph fuck you up he cuts cuts open a little piece of the painting of the old one like of the uh uh, of the frame and like pours the magical painting essence Wait, I love that. Yeah. That would have been really cool in the movie. The last drop hits and it just like perfectly settles into the painting. I like that, yeah. That would have been so dope. And it needs to be a big painting too because it's a portrait hole. It's a hole in the wall that the portrait Mm -hmm. opens so that they climb into. So we're talking like a large canvas. Yeah. Like that's not just something that I don't think you have like lying around. Once again, Amazon. How would Filch carry that off by himself? Wouldn't okay. a portrait that large All weigh right. like several hundred pounds? <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, it would. It would not Moving weigh on. several hundred pounds. It would be heavy, though. 
Okay. Um, there is no answer. I like Haley's theory that Filch just has hidden depths. That he was a art restorer in a previous life. All right. So Filch comes... No. Snape comes into the Great Hall and he approaches Dumbledore and Percy. Real quick, what do we think Snape and Percy's relationship is like? I think that Snape low-key, like likes Percy. I don't think he expresses it, but I think of the Weasley children, Snape really likes Percy the most, and I think that Percy has, like, a weird determination to gain Snape's respect. Yeah, you know he tries really hard in potions, because obviously he tries really hard in everything, and you know, he doesn't get in trouble, because he's not wandering around the corridors at night. So, boo, that's, like, two things that Snape will, uh, like, at least grudgingly accept. (laughs) Even as the biggest Snape apologist on the uh, podcast, even I will admit that I'm pretty sure there's a side of Snape, too, that's like, that's right. That's the way you should treat me. Yeah. Exactly you like you trying do. to earn you my co- respect. You should be calling me, stupid Dumbledore. You, or you stupid uh, Gryffindor. You think that sucking <laughs> up to me is going to change my opinion of you in the least? I don't give a shit. You do a good job, so I'm going to like you, but I'm going to low-key just laugh at you every time that you try and suck up. I was just wondering because I don't, I think that there are almost no other students that Snape would just approach and start like telling the headmaster a bunch of shit in front of him. You know what I mean? So I was just wondering. So Snape is just like summarizing all the places that he's searched for Sirius Black and he's not there. Um, And then Snape is like, do you have any theories about how Sirius Black got in? And Dumbledore says that he has many and they're each more unlikely than the last. And then Snape is like, do you remember what I said to you before school started? Mm -hmm. Do you remember what I said to you before September? (laughs) How long have you been working on that one, Christina? It just came to me. Wow. I'm impressed that it it did. Wow. (laughs) Don't. I don't plan my jokes like you do, Andrew. I've planned a joke like once, and I specifically said that I planned the joke for the thing. That's so true. I don't want to hear that. Take that evil off me. Don't you put that evil on me. Um, okay, and then so so Snape is like, basically Sirius Black could, like, could only get in if he had inside help. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore's like, how fucking dare you? No one here would do that. But... I mean, he had his point. Yeah, I mean, Snape on this one. Yeah, and he did have inside help. Like, I mean, it's not the inside help that Snape yeah, thinks. But yeah, yeah, I don't think anyone considered like the cat or the part measle. No one ever considers the cat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but just as a reminder, if I get murdered, please consider the cat. Okay. No, yes. no, 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 no. If you turn up murdered, it was definitely Penny, and I'm telling yeah. the cops that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was yeah. Penny, like, no, but it's gonna look like it was Dante. It was yeah. definitely Penny. No, the cops True. are just going to be standing around like, it's always the spouse. And I'm like, listen, you don't know Sean like I know Sean. I'm telling you yeah. it was the fucking cat. Listen, have you considered, have you considered the cat? Yeah. yeah the detectives will definitely listen to you. No, look at her face. Like, Penny Penny has got resting murder face. Yeah, murder face for sure. <laughs> I think that they're in a bad situation here because... Yeah. Snape is 100% right that there is no logical explanation other than Sirius Black had inside help. But Dumbledore's also completely right that there's no evidence to suggest that anyone in the in the castle is being duplicitous. And the second you start pointing fingers without good reason, that's, I mean, that sucks. That shit, what? That's when shit goes to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody save me. <laughs> no, that's, that's anarchy. Anarchy, yeah. That's- yeah. 
it's also the start of fascism, but I, so I oh, don't. Is this just the fascism episode? Yeah. Fascism. It all comes back to fascism. Oh, if we're discriminating against, you know, because Snape is implying Lupin, you know, mm-hmm. and then part of that is just like because Lupin like was friends, but there's also like that werewolf element. So as soon as we start discriminating against like peoples of of different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say species because that's a Harry Potter thing, not a real world thing. Just diverse people. Yeah, boom, fascism. Mm-hmm. But there is, but see, it, it wouldn't be discriminating him based on that because what Snape is saying is actually a very legitimate thing, which is you need to ask Lupin, who mm-hmm. was best friends with this guy the entire time that they were at school, how would you try and get in? And yeah. based on that conversation, it should be able, like, if Lupin's a responsible fucking adult, he should come out and say, by the way, we did manage to make this thing that allowed us to see everyone who was in Hogwarts when we were only, like, 16. And how turn into animals. And, yeah, how about you and I, yeah. like, I don't know, make one ourselves and just look at it and see when he shows up. Oh, what's this? Look, Peter Pettigrew's here. Isn't that fucking, like, yeah. I, I, there's... The fact that Lupin, and I love Lupin, he's one of my favorite characters, but this Mm -hmm. is incredibly frustrating to me. He knows on some level how to make a Marauder's Map, or at least that one has existed before. Why would you not go to Dumbledore and be like, you're pretty good at this stuff. How about we try and figure this one out together and redo it? It's so complex. I think there's a part of Lupin that like truly does not believe that Sirius Black could possibly be guilty. And I think... But if you know someone's... Someone is either breaking in or is no, already I'm, I'm in. No, I'm with like, you, but I'm just saying it's a really complex situation. Mm-hmm. I think that Dumbledore has probably spoken to Lupin about this to some extent before. Maybe not like, hey, he's like in the castle. Do you have any ideas? But just like, I think that it's come up before. And I think Lupin has probably expressed a lot of grief at the way that his friend group was just absolutely destroyed. And Dumbledore mm-hmm. is probably like, we're not going to talk to him about it. He will tell us anything he knows. And yeah. He doesn't. And that that's, like, yeah. the craziest thing about Lupin is I, like, I kind of don't buy that Lupin didn't share this information. I can't believe he didn't share that they all learned how to be animagi. Yeah, like, exactly. That because means, he's the only one who can't get in trouble for that. He's the only one who didn't do anything. Like, hey, Dumbledore, just so you know, Peter Pettigrew, you know, he could turn into a rat. You yes. know, is there any possibility, you know, that he used that magic power, you know, when he mysteriously died? I, I really just think that Lupin was so overcome with grief mm-hmm. at like, it ha- this happened like overnight. He lost yeah. his three best friends like in one split second. And I think he was just so overcome with grief that it took him like years to even start thinking critically about it. And by then he was like, I'm just gonna walk away, mm-hmm. you know? Like also keep in mind that the reason that like no one told Lupin, no one in the friend group told Lupin that they had switched the secret keeper thing was because they knew there was a mole in the order and there was a prevailing suspicion that the mole was Lupin because Voldemort was reaching out to werewolves. Like Lupin was getting the, yeah, Lupin was Mm -hmm. getting the shaft socially. So like a lot of werewolves were going over to Voldemort's side because they like, he was promising them a better life. Right. 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 Exactly. So like no one, I don't think anyone in the friend group thought that it was him, but I think that they did think, you know, he might be approached, he might be captured, he might be yeah, tortured. No one can know, keep the, like, keep the circle as, as small yeah. as possible. So Lupin had no inkling that they had made the switch. And he has, I think in Dumbledore's mind, more reason than anyone else on Earth to hate Sirius Black to his yeah. core. 
Oh my god. This is so dramatic. I want to see some Marauder shit, sorry. Isn't it said somewhere at least heavily implied that Lupin was never great friends with Peter? The way that no I, one, I don't, I don't not, think anyone was ever not, great friends with Peter. Well, were me, great friends with Peter. Well, no, because like Peter was a marauder, so obviously well, they yeah. were friends. But the way, at least, that it seems, and I could be wrong here. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't reread this part yet. But it, the way that I always remember reading it is Lupin explained to Harry, like, I was really good friends with your dad and Sirius. They kind of let this kid hang out with them. Mm-hmm. I was never that big of a friend friend of his. And, like, if you think about that combined with what you were saying about, like, the reasons that Lupin wouldn't make a great choice to begin with, it really, like, is obvious why they wouldn't tell him about switching. Because, like, if I was Lupin, I would be hurt that they weren't coming to me, even knowing that I'm a flawed candidate. Especially if they're going for the guy that I never really liked, who it's like, really him over me? God, they went. They went to Pettigrew because they were like, "This vanilla motherfucker would never the do anything." The absolute last person you would ever suspect. I don't know if I remember. I think that Lupin's uh, distaste for Pettigrew is kind of like hindsight because I think he's the most forgiving of the group. Like the others, kind of like even as friends, even as teenagers, they gave Peter a lot of shit for being like mm-hmm. the dumbest of the friend group. And I think Lupin, yeah, they like openly mock him. Yeah, and I yeah. think Lupin like by contrast, might have kind of felt sorry for him. Like, like uh, the pity friend, you know? Right. Yeah, he but, does do that kind of shit a lot. But, it, like, if it was me and they, that was my, like, kind of pity friend, that would be even more of a reason that I'd be like, you chose him. Like... I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> like, he's the only marauder where we really don't know what his personality was like when they were in school together. We have a pretty good idea of the other three, but it's like, Peter had to have brought something... To yeah. the friend group, and it's like, we just don't know what that is. Maybe he did their homework. Maybe he did their homework. It, no, no, they didn't do their homework. Because if they did their homework, there is only one possible answer of who you put in charge of y- your word. And that is Petunia. I think that Adele was suggesting that Peter Pettigrew just, like, regularly did the Marauder's homework. Yeah. And that's what he brought to the group. Oh, but well, no, he's kind of dumb, so I I take that back, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. No, I, th- I think it was honestly just, like... Like Peter, like a uh, James and Sirius just liked having an audience, like an uncritical yeah. audience, a fanboy. Yeah, that's completely right. ego boost. I do think that you're right, Andrew and Petunia is the right answer because yeah. she isn't going to speak to anyone who can do anything with that information. But I think she is really um, vulnerable to like torture and coercion, though. So maybe not. Maybe I mean, if when they were looking for the family, they never went to the address. To, or to Petunias that we know of, like, they never got attacked. Honestly, I wouldn't put it past Death Eaters to be so racist as to not even think about the muggle relatives of... But can, like, I don't, we don't know how that spell works, so, like, it might be a two-way spell where, like, both mm, parties have yeah. to do a part, yeah, so, like, maybe a like, muggle yeah. literally cannot be That's a secret true. keeper. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna bring us back. Um... Don't be suspicious. Okay, here's my last question um, of, about this scene is, where is Lupin? Is it the full, it the full moon yet? Yeah. yeah. No, he, no it's, it's still Halloween. He was fine earlier. It's still Halloween oh, yeah. and he was fine earlier. Okay. Yeah. He might be searching. Yeah, he's probably searching yeah. more obsessively than everyone. Maybe the Owlry. Maybe that's where he <laughs> is. He's probably searching all of the secret tunnels. Secret tunnels. Secret tunnels. Secret tunnels. Wow. Mary Clay's going to love this episode. I'm going to use that clip like 10 times. Um, 
I, the reason I ask that is because I feel like an important part of what Snape is suggesting is just like monitoring Lupin's behavior. How is he acting right now? You know, I don't know. Yeah. So Dumbledore's like, gotta go talk to the Dementors. And Ron is like, what was that all about? And that's like the end of the section. That's weird. And then Hermione summarizes it for Harry and Ron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we don't see, but we know that she did because Ron yeah. obviously didn't pick up on some of the adults. <laughs> oh, you, so you asked a question. I'm going yeah. to answer it now. <laughs> I, I do like, I forget who it is, but someone called said that Percy looked like an extremely pompous guard dog. Oh, yeah. That was that just is, the text. Yeah, right? that is in the text. It, That's just the narrator. I, I I love that little like wording. Of yeah. Extremely pompous guard dog. Yeah. It's a pompous not fierce, hat. not protective, pompous. Mm-hmm. That happens later. That's um. It, Percy starts following Harry around yeah. the school. Oh shit! Yeah, my bad. We suspect on Molly's orders. Quote like an extremely pompous guard dog. <laughs> So, yeah, so for the next couple of days, the school can can literally talk of nothing else. Um, there's a lot of wild theories going around. Sir Cadigan replaces the fat lady as the Gryffindor common room guard. Quote, nobody was very happy about this. <laughs> Even Sir Cadogan. He spends half his time challenging people to duels and the rest thinking up very complicated passwords, which he changes at least twice a day, which is, I mean, surely that has to be against the rules. Like, that's nonsense. That would be so frustrating. I, honestly, I would take him up on the duel and then I think I'd just try to like burn the painting or something. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm done. Like, let me in. Like, I would attack the painting with a knife. It's like, it was serious Black again. Like, no, no, that was me. You know the vine of that woman standing outside the bus going, ah, and like slamming on the bus doors? No. Let me in. I would do that. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, whoops. I wonder if you can mail order a magical crowbar just so that uh, when Amazon when Sir Kadogan is like changing passwords and shit, if you can just be like, yeah. fuck this crack, like I'm getting in. How do we think that regular routine password changes get disseminated around the students of any given house? The I think prefix. it's mostly the prefects. prefects. Yeah. Yeah. So do the prefects tell the portraits or do the portraits tell the prefects? The or portraits does tell the prefects and then the prefects have to try to tell everybody. So the prefects are probably being run ragged. Yeah. Or they, yeah. they might do it at like breakfast or something when all the, you know, the house is all together. Yeah, you that's just be true. like a little, hey. Pre- prefects are literally unpaid interns. Yeah. Oh, God, you're right. I'm pretty sure it's established in other places, though, that prefects have made passwords that are like references to things that... Like, for example, doesn't uh, Hermione make the password the name of that plant that Neville gets in the fifth year? She Mimble, makes, Yeah, Tonya. she makes the password I, I that. I don't so remember I think, that Hermione I don't think that. Hermione makes it. I think it's just, like, a coincidence. I don't think the fat lady would make a random password after a plant. I, I don't know. I've, I've I always assumed the to. prefects get to come up with the passwords. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so the reason Sir Cadogan is doing this is because all the other portraits are too scared to do the job. So he's the only one who's brave enough. He was a Gryffindor. Good for him being Wasn't brave enough to, to to do it, though. Well, yeah, a little a little too brave. Yeah, well, <laughs> trying to fight. You trying to fight, bro? Some Gryffindors can be a little too brave. <clears throat> Harry Potter. <clears throat> Sir, you're in a painting. Like I don't know what you expect me to do right now. Come at me, bro. Scared to fight me, bro? <laughs> yeah, you want a duel? <laughs> How about the? <laughs> so yeah, Harry starts being very closely chaperoned. Teachers make excuses to walk with him in the hallway. That must be so fucking annoying. That's the worst. Do you think one of those teachers is ever Snape? No, no. Snape. Did- I mean, yeah. 
could not care. I think, I think that even if Dumbledore instructed Snape to do that, he would not do it. If he had to, he would just use it as an, as an excuse to, like, berate Harry about something innocuous. Wait, or he would approach Harry in silence, say nothing, walk beside him for five full <laughs> minutes in silence, and then depart. <laughs> With, like, a swish of his, like, long black robes, just turn around in, like, the opposite direction and just, like, stalk Just, off. like, leave him at the transfiguration door, give Minerva yeah. McGonagall, like, the coldest look in the yeah. world, and then walk away. Like, I did the thing. Fuck you. Tell Dad I did the thing. <laughs> did you guys see the TikTok TikTok? Talk. I'm a grandma and not. Did you have you? the TikTok experiment or orange? Did you see that song TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see the TikTok I posted on our Instagram recently? This person was making fun of how Snape swooshes through the, was the one with car. like the the not the towel but like a blanket. Somebody just walking dramatically around their apartment. Yes, I've seen that one. I'll yeah, put, I'll put that in the show notes. It's it was so, so funny. Swooshing, just swooshing, swooshing. Um, yeah, Percy starts tailing him, we suspect on Molly's orders, like an extremely pompous guard dog. So eventually, Professor McGonagall calls Harry into her office <laughs> to tell him that Sirius Black <laughs> is after him. First of all, do we think this was her decision? Yes. Yeah. she uh, She's like, it's an, it's somebody needs to tell this boy what's going on, and b- gosh darn it, I'm gonna do it. But I'm not gonna like doing it, but I'm gonna do it. Especially since he, like, gained entry into the school. She's mm-hmm. like, he needs to know to, yeah. to not trust strangers, yeah. even yeah. in the school. Like, I, like she knows him. She knows he's stupid. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> someone has to tell him. Yeah. He says, I know wearily. And I'm like, I know you're sad. Like, you're tired of, of <laughs> so hearing, tired. like, that's a murder is out to get you. But, like, I don't know. Like... He's 13, and, like, I would be scared at 13. I don't know. I don't know how. I think he's just sick of it at this point. Like, he's in, he's really internalized how safe Hogwarts is, despite the fact that the last two years, Hogwarts has not been remotely fucking safe for him. Well, and people have been trying to murder him all his life. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty yeah, he's pretty weary at this point. Poor guy. (laughs) It only gets worse from here. (laughs) Like, he's been up against Voldemort twice, so he's just like, I don't know who this dude is. Like, he's just some rando... Like, of course he's trying to kill me. I don't, like, for some reason, I don't care why. Whatever. He doesn't know yet that he was their friend! <laughs> I'm gonna fight yeah, him! Yeah, he just thinks I'm this is some random him. fucking Death Eater. Like, he doesn't even know what a Death Eater is. He just thinks that this is just yeah, we've never heard some dude. Vol- yeah. Voldemort, like, he, some, didn't somebody describe Black as, like, Voldemort's, like, right-hand man? Yeah. yeah, which is so crazy because there's literally no evidence for no. that except for this, like, one. Oh, I, gu- I guess the only evidence is that Sirius Black's actions led to the death of James and Lily. But, like, to me, it looks like Sirius Black just, ma- like, kind of had, like, a one off mental breakdown. And you his, know family, what I mean? his family, the Blacks, like, yeah, like if you, oh, massive, when you massive Voldemort supporters. Yeah, when you get, that. like, by the time you get to book five, like, that this whole thing kind of makes sense because yeah. it's like he's from a prominent pureblood yeah. family mm-hmm. that supported Voldemort. They knew that there was a mole in the order, so mm-hmm. as soon as mm-hmm. James and Lily die and they assume that it's Sirius's mm-hmm. fault, they then assume that he was the mole in the order, so he would have mm-hmm. been pretty high-ranking, plus the whole family thing. I can see where people would get the yeah. idea that he was Voldemort's right-hand man. Also, I do forget sometimes that he was just a dick in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Also, we haven't been giving it enough respect. He's a member of the noble and most ancient House of Black. Exactly. Yes. Oh my God. The Literally last of put his the line. respect on his name. Yeah, Torjus Poor. 
<laughs> Man. It's good to own land. Oh, I get so cringed out when people I've read so much like British history that I just get so cringed out when people be talking about like bloodlines mm-hmm. and like, I'm just like, dude, it doesn't fucking matter. Found family. Yeah. Found family doesn't pass the household down. <laughs> what the fuck ever? It, it's kind of like gross. It's kind of <laughs> like how that people always say that thing about, uh, well, you know, blood runs thicker than water. And Ugh. it's like, yeah, but do you know the the last part of that quote? Because I forget. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Yeah. Oh. Which is saying that the friendships that you, well, the blood of the covenant covenants friendship. So like the people that you know, and that are your friends, you're going to be stronger with than the people that you have to be strong with. Yeah. Your family. blood yeah, siblings. I just didn't think I would hear the phrase water of the womb today. Water of the womb. Also just, <laughs> just scientifically, saying. scientifically womb water, very viscous. Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> So Professor McGonagall tries to forbid Harry Potter from practicing Quidditch, which I think is, knowing Professor McGonagall and her motivations as a character, I think this is completely insane. Yeah. Because she's low-key obsessed. She's kind of high-key obsessed. Yeah, (laughs) she makes no effort to hide it either. She's like... I like need to wipe that smug look off of Severus Snape's like face, <laughs> like the stupid, stupid fucking face. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's drastic for her to be no, like. She's, um, I mean, no more Quidditch. It's like the thing with McGonagall is that she always tries to be professional. She always tries to be straightforward. She never speaks ill of her colleagues, except for Trelawney a little bit. But Slightly. like, this is the one area where all of her aggression comes yeah. out. Yeah, because it's all in good fun, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also fuck you, Severus. Also fuck you, Severus. I wonder if she has a team, like a because you know how like the there's like. Like oh. the there's the international Quidditch and then there's like also the British Quidditch. Oh yeah, uh, she's probably a fan she, of the Hollyhead Harpies. I was about to say, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, ladies team. I'm surprised Professor McGonagall isn't at the Quidditch World Cup in the next book. She probably is. And, well, I don't is know. I feel she? like we would have seen her. I mean, I thought she was. Maybe I'm basically that everyone up. was there. Like she was probably yeah. just doing her own thing. She was with her girlfriend. <gasps> <gasps> yeah. I think you all are also overestimating how much she likes Quidditch and underestimating just how much she likes winning. And Gryffindor. I don't, I don't, I don't know if for her it's as much a thing about, like, I care about Quidditch as it is I want to win. I don't I care what the contest is. I think one has win. led to the other. I think that sh- her passion for Quidditch has grown because it's like the one thing <laughs> yeah. she gets to really win. There to, is, you know what I'm saying? There is no way that she did not play Quidditch in school. Yeah, isn't there like, a fan theory? Like, in I the can first... see her as an absolutely terrifying chaser. Yeah, a chaser in, for in sure, the first yeah. movie when uh, Hermione's like, it's in your blood and then they go to the plaque where it says James, James Potter Seeker there's like a thing that says McGonagall um, so like, really? there's this fan theory that like McGonagall comes from a, a, from a family of uh, like Gryffindor Quidditch players. So yeah, okay, all right, okay, I got it. I oh. googled it. Yes, coming through. Wait, okay, wait, hold on. What? Oh wait, oh my god, there's another person named M McGonagall yeah. in the Harry Potter universe. That's so fucking stupid. Wait, what that's the, the hell? Plaque one. Like, okay, so that's yeah. the pl- yeah. What the fuck? There's only okay. like 15 family names. It's not too surprising. Yeah, I wonder if she's one of the sacred 28. <laughs> okay, well, Professor McGonagall, no surprise, was head girl. Look at this. It's my surprised face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how 
Christina actually started to look up when I said that. She was like, oh. <laughs> I, um, I forgot that it took the sorting hat five and a half minutes to decide whether to put her in Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. I didn't oh, know awesome. that. Nice. I feel like she probably was like, can you please get on with yeah. it? And the hat was like, okay, Gryffindor. Like, just pick one. <laughs> yeah. She probably yelled, like. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. tiny I baby Morgan. Morgan yeah, Morgan 11 year old Morgan just be like, with the hat. Be like, choose something, goddammit. Yeah, and she didn't think it. She straight up yelled it. So everyone's just sitting mm-hmm. there and quiet, and then she just goes, pick one. <laughs> okay, this is Harry- from harrypotter.fandom.com. Minerva McGonagall, we got the right gal this time, played for Gryffindor Quidditch team in her student years, in which she proved to be gifted. It doesn't say what position she hmm. played. However, she suffered a nasty fall in her final year, a foul during the Gryffindor versus Slytherin. That's where it started! Yep. 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 Oh my god, a Slytherin committed a foul against her, and it injured her, and it would decide the Quidditch Cup winner. The event left her with a concussion, several broken ribs, and a lifelong desire to see Slytherin crush on the Quidditch pitch. Wow. That's that's her Joker origin story right there. (laughs) Oh my god. We figured it out. Wow. Maybe! I fucking love her. I wonder wow. what position, like, what do we think she played? I can see. I think Chaser. I think yeah. I can see either and Chaser captain. or I could see her as um, the Keeper. Yeah, Keeper, yeah. keeper and Captain. Yeah. She, like, she was definitely Captain, though. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you got a Gryffindor Ravenclaw cusp, you make them in charge of everything. Yeah, the plays she would have come up with would have been really good. Her, her teammates definitely called her Mini-Mac, right? Like, that just rolls off the tongue so Behind well. Behind her back. <laughs> nah, dude, that, that was like that was like her name. Like, great great job out there, Minnie Mac. Like, I don't know. that That's a solid sports nickname right there. I mean, Harry's like, you don't really want this. Like, I know you don't want this. And she's like, okay, you're right. So we'll just, I'll just get Madam Hooch to supervise your practices. Okay, so let's talk about what the fuck does Madam Hooch do with her time at Hogwarts? Whatever the fuck she wants. She's in the greenhouse um, with her wife, uh, oh my Professor God. Oh, Sprout. Helping yeah, that's kind of the only explanation. Yeah, she's like, where do you want me to put this plant? And then Professor Sprout's like, no, not there. And then so she just stands there. And just, just like my wife, my but you know my wife is doing such a great job, and just like yeah, that's what she does. I love that. Useless so lesbian Madam Who, just my yeah, new favorite head. Yeah, and yeah. Then she's like, off I go. It, you know, gotta go teach the first years how to fly. Hopefully, somebody doesn't break their wrist again. Like she's not even technically employed. She doesn't get paid. She just like <laughs> lives there and has a good time teaching them one day a year how yeah. to fly. And she refs for the Quidditch uh, matches. Yeah. A fun fact, most people don't know this. Most people think it was Professor Sprout that invented the mandrake grenade. Nope. It was Madame Hooch. <laughs> yeah, that it was her Hooch idea. Original. It's actually <laughs> meant to be thrown from the air from a uh, broomstick. Oh, damn. <laughs> it's the mandrake yeah. bomb. The Hooch, Hooch Sprout mandrake bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I also wrote in my notes, like, she teaches one day a year, and then she also referees the Quidditch matches. And then it took me and my engineer husband... Like 15 minutes and physical props to figure out how many games are in a season. Because it's like, it's like you can't just do four times oh, four. Oh, yeah. Because they like play, it's six. The answer is six. Yeah. As a former fan fiction writer, I we used to map out 
how I wanted my Quidditch games to turn out. Oh. And then I would do um, the points and add them up. So I was like, if I want, you know, Slytherin, obviously, if I wanted Slytherin to win the House Cup and they're playing this team, how many games? And then mm-hmm. and for someone who's not good at math, it was it's, it was a trial. But yeah, it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's six or something like that. Yeah, it is six. Okay, because yeah. here's the math. If you're, if you're Slytherin, mm-hmm. you get to play... You play three games. Yeah. And yeah. then the next house only two plays games. two. And then the next house only plays one. And then the final house has already played everyone. So yeah. that's six. Just so much math. Okay. So we cut to the final Quidditch training session before the first match of the term on Saturday. They're, they're supposed to be playing against Slytherin. But at the last minute, the schedule gets changed. And the Gryffindors get the news that they're playing Hufflepuff instead of the Slytherins. The excuse is that Malfoy's arm is still injured. Okay, my first question here is, doesn't this strike people as strange that Malfoy is still injured in the magical world? For example, if your friend has like an open wound for 18 months, you're like, that's, that is not the correct time frame for how long that should take to heal. You know what I mean? That was dramatic. Even like one day, it's like, you should probably start. That should be like, pro- yeah. what's the word? What's the word for when a wound stops being bloody and starts healing? healing? Scabbing? No, th- no, there's no, one more uh, word. Ca- cauterize. No. Uh, Coagulate? Uh, no, no. Uh, Scabbing? Cauter- ca- cauter- no, cauterization? No, no, It's, um... Okay, I'm going to Google hemophiliac and that'll get us there. Doesn't... Shut up. Clot. 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 Oh, yeah. Blood clotting. <laughs> I should know this. I just had an open wound. How oh. stupid? <laughs> like, okay, that's like... Someone who reads too much can remember the word hemophiliac, but not clot. You know what I mean? I mean, I, f- I think this is like a Ferris Bueller thing where it's like, my stomach hurts. It's like, all right, well, I can't really prove that it doesn't. So yeah. I stay home, I guess, you little shit. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, Snape was just like, I don't want my the team to play in these conditions. Yeah. So I oh, will yeah. sign a teacher's note that says that Malfoy, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, like, Madame Pomfrey was probably like, that's some bullshit. And, like, got overruled. Yeah. I feel like Snape just, like, waltzed down to the greenhouses where Madame Hooch and Madame Pomp, Professor Pomf, wait, I'm getting Professor Hooch and Professor Sprout are getting stoned and repotting plants. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yo, what's her name? Um, Pomona? Yeah. Pomona. Yo, Pomona, Pomona do, you, do you mind just, like, switching? And Professor Sprout was just like, <laughs> yeah, bro. Whatever sounds great, but like without, I don't think Professor Sprout gives a shit about no. Quidditch the same way that McGonagall. Oh, she just wants everyone to have fun. Yeah, she's like, sounds great. If that works better for you, works better for us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that brings me to the twins being like, dude, the Hufflepuffs are pushovers. Don't even worry about it because yeah. he's completely right. Like, you got this. Well, they flatten them in like their last match is what they bring up or something last yeah. year. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh no, our bye week came early. So the real reason that Slytherin is ducking out of this is because of the weather. It's been raining like hell for days. Mm-hmm. It gets like worse. It, like it's esca- like it's this is like the end of days rain. The Gryffindors are extremely livid. But what about the fucking Hufflepuffs, dude? They didn't know they were going to have to play this weekend. Honestly, but they're they Hufflepuffs. Yeah, they're probably just like <laughs> we'll do our best. And you know Cedric gave them like a pep talk. I know we haven't a really met Cedric. Yeah, and he's talk. like I believe in each and every one of you. And no matter what happens today, we're going to come out of this as a family because we're a family first and a Quidditch Aww. team second. Cedric Diggory is kind of like Meg, um, 
Metro Man from Megamind. Just like, and I love you, random citizen. Yes. (laughs) I fucking love that movie. Okay, wait, I just figured out what my plug is for the week. (laughs) (laughs) Oliver Wood brings up the Hufflepuff's new seeker, Cedric Diggory, and the girls be giggling. (laughs) (laughs) We might play Quidditch, but we're still girls. I'm sure there's not that much eye candy at Hogwarts. It's a school of, like, very few people. And it's, they a say, school, yeah. it's a school full of, like, mostly upper middle class British white boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's yeah. disgusting. It's slim yeah. pickings. It's like, it's like when Republican women are like, oh, Josh Hawley is so cute. It's like, his face looks like it was put on sideways, but I guess your standards have to be pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one's trying to buy the Men of CPAC calendar. Like, that's <laughs> not a thing that people are like, ooh, Look at Ted Cruz's beard, yummy! Ew. Like, yeah, an actual yeah. Oh, oh, the use of yummy there was deeply upsetting. Please never say that again. Everyone here has seen Ted Cruz for Human President right? Yeah. Okay, I'll link that in the show notes for Human President. And then it's just funny because okay, here's the thing. Okay, part of being a girl is that sometimes you just are having a moment with the other women around you and it's like the men simply just like don't even matter. It's a whole and it's other like, language. Yeah, yeah, and it's like Katie Angelina and um Alicia are all like <laughs> he's the good looking one, right? Strong and silent. Strong and tall, silent. good looking. And it's like they surely know that they sound very silly to all of the men who are being very serious right now, but like they don't they're just like <laughs> yeah, like he's a very Yeah, hot no, answer. like the men in question, let's break it down, are Fred and George Weasley, Harry <laughs> Potter, and Oliver Wood. They don't give a fuck about their yeah. opinions. <laughs> Would you care about any of those boys' opinions if you were sitting there with your girlfriends? Absolutely not. Nope. And then Fred says he's only silent because he's too thick to string two words together. And I resent that. As someone who married the strong, silent type, I resent that. He's thinking really hard (laughs) about what he's going to say because he knows words matter, okay? And we know that Cedric is actually quite smart. Like, we, we, in the next book, we see him. He's a very accomplished uh, wizard. Honestly, yeah. Cedric is a Mary Sue, like mm-hmm. a Gary Sue. Like, yeah. his only flaw is that he doesn't have any flaws and he's not a very believable character. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like a Ken doll. Mm-hmm. My flaw he's is like that I'm Superman. too forgiving and I'm too capable for my own good. Yeah. Wow, that is literally interviewing interns at our job. Me and he, like, it's just like, it's just like, I guess my biggest, um, like, my biggest flaw is that I'm just like too much of a perfectionist. I just like really just like to do things right. I'm such an overachiever. Right. Yeah, like I just, sometimes I worry too much about getting the job done. And it's like, okay, maybe you could try, like, a real one. Like, for, for me, it's that I talk way too much. Let me be honest. My real problem is that I'm the person who thinks that we should do time off the clock working for the company. There, oh, my God. I said <laughs> I've interviewed the same people. It was just at a gym instead of a, a publishing house. What's that scene in Seoul? I'm a manipulative megalomaniac who's intensely opportunistic. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Bing. If you want to hear our thoughts on Soul, head over to our other podcast, Movie Night Crew, where we covered that a couple of weeks ago. It is, if possible, more chaotic than this one. <laughs> it's extremely chaotic. Oh, my God. And last week, we released um, our Hamilton episode, which accidentally ran twice as long as we wanted it to. And there was laughter and tears. Let's put it that way. Anyway, Fred's like, don't worry. The Hufflepuff are a pushover. That's the... I don't know if that... Who's reading the American edition? Me. It doesn't say Hufflepuff are a pushover. Uh, I don't. Where is that? 
actually, would that be proper? Yeah, I think that's... Because you're talking about the whole group. They are yeah. a pushover. Hufflepuff are a pushover. If we were talking about a country, like Canada are... Oh, wait, no, that wouldn't really work. Canada are a pushover. No, the, no mine push- says Hufflepuff is a pushover. Yeah. Br- the British use that construct where they're like, Hufflepuff are a pushover or like... I don't even know. Like, the 12th grade are shitty people. I don't know. Well, I guess, like, in the British English, they're they're considering Hufflepuff to be, like, a like a group Plural of individuals, pronoun. whereas this is, like, they're, it, like, Hufflepuff as a singular. Hmm. Interesting. This is, like, a thing that British English does. And I've seen it in other places, and I just can't think of a good example right I now. I deeply hate that. Also, I want to apologize for saying that Canada is a pushover. It's just what popped to head. No, Canada <laughs> and Hufflepuff go hand in yeah, hand. Yeah, as speaking for, as, you know, as a Canadian, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm about to present to you the first of many serious puns to come in this book. Oliver Wood starts screaming. He's having a bit of a panic attack. And everyone insists that they're taking this match very serious. seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. They need to be super serious. Yeah, I almost did a serious joke earlier, but I didn't. <laughs> I'm glad. It's like, it's anytime you say the word serious mm-hmm. when you're talking about Harry Potter, it just like is a joke. And you just go, <laughs> If you say something very dark and you mean it very intentionally, then it's a serious black joke. Oh, that's true. That's so true. God, his poor, that poor man. Like, <laughs> I just, I feel for serious in so very many ways because he's the saddest dad that wasn't a dad. Like, yeah, he's such aw. a sad dad. But, like, sad also dad just... Dad is such a vibe. <laughs> it's, no, seriously, like, I I, I have very deep... Fe- Shut up. I, she's giving me a look. Seriously? Sincerely. Very sincerely. <laughs> as, as someone who had a sad dad, like, fucking sad oh. dad serious hurts me a yeah. lot. But, oh, like... Baby. I I love I loved him before and I love him even more now but like fucking then you deal with the fact that he grew up with James as a best friend with that name mm. yeah it, I mean it must have been unrelenting or I don't know when your friends have funny names it's like you kind of get it out of the way and then it's like it's not even funny anymore no, but I see like, you every day James, here Andrew, I apologize for this. James was sort of an Andrew where he would never, ever, 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 Stop. ever, yeah. ever, mm-hmm. ever let it go. Yeah. Well, no. it's not that he would never, ever let it go, but there would be certain times it would definitely show itself. For example, if it was me, then there would be many times that I would be saying something. I can't tell if serious, he's doing a bit by not letting it go right serious, now. Like, I can't tell. Sirius <laughs> would say, I'm... Like, I, I'm being serious or whatever, and I would walk up and I would gently put my hand on his cheek and I would say, I am serious, serious. That would be the joke. Wow. But you're right. I, I would only do that one joke, but I would do it every opportunity. Yes. And so, don't call me Shirley. And you don't just call know, me Shirley. Yeah. You just know, though, at, like when James asked Sirius to be his best man, though, he did that. He, like... I'm seriously asking you I'm serious, to be my serious. best man. Something like Will that. Will you seriously be my best yeah. man? Wait, there's a joke in here. Man's best man. Man's oh, best friend. He's a dog. Okay. Man's best man. Best friend, best man. But yes, okay. There best friend, Be- best man. Best man friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes it sound like it's like a sex thing. Man's best man friend. <laughs> or like an alien thing. It's like, this is my best man friend. <laughs> I am human. Eat floor. So it's the day before the match against Hufflepuff. The weather is somehow worse than it was before. 
Oliver Wood keeps, like, stopping Harry in the hallway to give him tips, and eventually he makes Harry 10 minutes late for Defense Against the Dark Arts. Um, Harry goes running into class, and he's like, Lupin, I'm so sorry, Professor, Professor Lupin, I'm so sorry, but no, it's Snape, and Snape's filling in for Lupin. First of all, who gave him permission to fill in for this class? Why would Dumbledore permit this? Because he doesn't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Snape was just like, Lupin's under the weather, so, um... I guess it'll just be me, right, Dumbledore? And Dumbledore was probably like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Whatever. He goes on to, like, present the... He's talking about werewolves, the whole class. He wants to give the students enough information to yeah. out Lupin. Like, but he's also... We were talking a lot in the last episode about how Snape is putting a lot of time and energy into getting Lupin his anti-werewolf potion so i don't like what the fuck is he doing here well, he's, dude he's preventing lupin from becoming a werewolf through the anti-werewolf potion because he doesn't want like he doesn't want a danger to the students and the staff you know if there was a, a werewolf on the loop loose yeah on the on, on the, the loop on the lupin. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that doesn't mean he doesn't care if people find out that lupin's a werewolf as long as he's not a dangerous yeah 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 because he consistently brings the potion the one time he turns uh or the one time Lupin turns into a, you know angry bad werewolf is when he doesn't take his potion. Yeah. Well, and this is one of the prime examples I would point to to show that this is one of the reasons I think Snape really is Dumbledore's man. Because he's willing to do things that he really does not want to do. Like, and I don't mean that in like a, a sexual way. I mean, like, he's like his right-hand man. And that's who he is. He might not like the position that he's in. But he's going to make the potion. I guarantee you he is trying to get the people to figure out that Lupin's a werewolf because he doesn't like Yeah, because that there. would really help Dumbledore to have to replace a teacher in the middle of term. Well, then Snape can and fill then in. Snape can take yeah. the job. Yeah, but then who's going to teach potions? Snape Literally anyone else. Yeah, Snape yeah. couldn't care less. And I'd imagine it's actually a lot easier to get a potions professor than a def- – like, not even with the curse – but like potions, there's a lot more people that would be qualified to you can teach just that. Literally, than... just bring Slughorn back. Yeah, it was really but, hard to get Slughorn back. Just yeah, like... it was really hard to get Slughorn back because Slughorn was being was like targeted by Death Eaters. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah, and Voldemort was back. But I, I think that Snape, like I said, the fact that he dutifully does not waver in the slightest, he takes all the time and makes that potion. Like that's one of the things that I think you have to consider. Like he purposefully didn't. Screw with it. Like, Snape is good enough with potions. He could have done something to fuck with Lupin. He could have made it, like, in a way that it would have probably, like, affected him longer or been unpleasant. I I, I just think it's another way that it shows that he's, like, legitimately Dumbledore's right-hand man. So, as a reminder, in the last chapter, Harry bore witness to Lupin drinking this potion that Snape brought to him. And so, Harry's been really monitoring Lupin for murder yeah yeah and so when lupin's not here like harry is like sassy so instantly he okay this is like so silly but like while i was reading this i got reminded of my old roommate's dog ret and the way that he just like like a flip switches in his brain and he's just like he's just like danger danger (laughs) harry just is like oh my god what did you do and it's like sit and it's like i can't hear you I'm only worried about the danger. Like, Rhett, sit. And it's like... <laughs> There's something going on. Yeah. Snape tells him, sit down, Potter. And, and yeah, Harry straight exactly. up is just like, yeah, no, Harry Snape remains is- standing. <laughs> Snape is Harry's mailman. Yes, yes, 
Yes. Like, this motherfucker, I don't know what he's doing here, but I don't trust Mm -hmm. his ass, and he needs to get out. (laughs) Yeah, even after points were taken away, Harry's just like... Wait, yeah, what's I mean, wrong with sure, him? Like, Harry, like, 100% is, like, Lupin is murdered. Or, be, mm-hmm. like, he has been murdered or is being murdered. There is murder. It's murder. <laughs> he doesn't care about his own murder. It's just someone else's murder. So, he's like, what's wrong with Lupin? Of course, Snape won't tell. And then, if, finally, Harry sits down and Snape starts talking mad shit. Because Lupin didn't leave a record of what they've learned so far. Oh, sorry. He was busy using every fiber of his being to not turn into a fucking werewolf. But he's not interested in being told what they've covered so far. He just... I think we've all been, like, having an argument with, with, like, a friend or, like, a boss where it's like this. It's like, all you want is a problem. You don't want any solution or explanation. Like, all you want right now is a problem. Mm -hmm. And you want it to be my problem. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's been my week. So Snape is like, Lupin has been going way too easy on you. All this bullshit you've been covering is nonsense, which is not fair because they skipped their whole second year of like proper defense against the dark arts and they've never had a practical. So Lupin's really, whatever. Lupin's the only good teacher they ever had. Um, Defense against the dark arts teacher to be specific. So he just like randomly in very elaborate dramatic air quotes randomly flips open to the page on werewolves and what page is that 394 thank you so much snape's just really spiraling he's having a percy level power trip he's demanding to know why they don't know anything about werewolves and then when people are like oh it's because we haven't even covered those yet and we weren't supposed to for six months he's like shut the fuck up he's going off the syllabus the syllabus is law. Snape knows that he's a, that they're obviously not there. He doesn't care. He just wants them to have to learn about werewolves. I, I guarantee you that they're not there in the syllabus. I guarantee you this is just Snape saying, this is what we're going to study today. Oh, I'm sorry. That is a classic ambiguous sentence. They're going off the syllabus is a classic ambiguous sentence. Okay. Ambiguous is a technical grammatical term that means that there is more than one official meaning of something being said. Going off the syllabus, my intention was that he is deviating from the syllabus. But what Andrew heard was that he is he is referencing the syllabus. Love it. Classic. There's your little grammatical lesson for the day. He's deviating from the syllabus. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When you started saying that, I was like, wow, way to be condescending as fuck, Christina. I was like, I know what the fucking big... Oh, oh, that's why you said it. Ah. What I'm saying is he's going rogue. He's going rogue. (laughs) Yeah, because they're supposed to do, um, yeah, Hermione says we're not supposed to do werewolves yet. So, I mean, werewolves are potentially on the syllabus somewhere. Can you imagine Lupin teaching a lesson on werewolves? I don't think he would. Honestly, I I honestly think he would just be like, we're going to do vampires or something i think he i think he has a good sense of humor about it mostly i mm. think i he, think he would teach yeah. that lesson Ooh. and i think that like a, I, I wasn't on for the last chapter but obviously i read it so like knowing everything that we know about snape and lupin's history like makes that interaction between them in front of harry really layered and interesting mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's like when he passes off the potion it's so civil yeah. Like they there's such an undercurrent of tension and Lupin mm-hmm. is going so far out of his way to be polite. Like we've all been there trying so hard to be polite to someone who's such a dick to us all the time. Yeah, I think Lupin did that in school too. Yeah, yeah I don't and, think Lupin was a, a dick towards Snape. But like Snape still has a grudge. And yeah, like understandable. And I think that Snape also has like 
some some anti-werewolf prejudice and like that comes up more later in the book like when uh, they're in the shrieking shack but i think that in snape's mind in this instance he's mostly just being a dick here but i think in his mind he's like i am protecting the students because dumbledore won't he probably has only met shitty werewolves other than lupin because he met them through being a death eater like oh that's a fair point Yeah. yeah and we all know he's a nice lovely chap who is who's great to just hang around. Oh, no, he's a great oh guy. God. You should definitely let him watch your kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you should definitely neck with him. That's not how you use the word necking. Okay. I just wanted to get his teeth on your on your neck. I'm Whatever. into it. Um, I'm into it. So I think that Lupin would absolutely give that lesson. And I, I'm, like, picturing a really lovely dramatic irony scene where we know that Lupin is a werewolf, but the students don't know, and they're asking him what would be considered very intrusive questions, you know? And he's just kind of like choking on his tea while he's like, some kid is like, well, my mom said that werewolves will eat babies right in front of you. And Lupin's just like, ah. I got to disagree with you. I, I think Lupin would like, no, I don't want to talk about this. And I don't want them to figure out and then tell their parents, like, I think my teacher's a werewolf, yo. So I think what he would do, and I had a couple professors that did this, that had parts that were technically in the curriculum, but they never wanted to go over. So what they would do is they would put it all the way back and like the very first day of class be like, just so you know, I tend to teach long, so we might not get to this section by the end of the year. That's how I see Lupin doing it. I see him putting it all the way at the back and then, oh man, we just, we spent an extra week on Grindelows and now we don't have time for werewolves. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I just, think that if I think that if Lupin did eventually teach a lesson on werewolves, he would not, for example, instruct on how to identify and kill a werewolf. I think he would give right. details about werewolves that the students wouldn't be able to find in him. Like talk about what a werewolf does, like when it transforms and stuff. Right. You know, like don't give them clues the way that Hermione she does the, it. the way that Snape actively does. Yeah, here. yeah, Hermione is so friggin' smart. Well, here's the question: Do you think? I think Snape was using Hermione in this because I think Snape knew that if he goaded her by not by not calling on her, that she would, in her haste, make the connections whether or not she realized it. Hmm. Because Hermione's the type that, it, like, you know, she's sitting there like, "This is the answer. This is the answer. This is the answer." And like it says, she's like, "Uh, uh." And I guarantee you, Snape was like, "You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make her focus on the ways to identify a werewolf obsessively for just a few seconds." And it's going to be in her fucking head. And she's smart mm-hmm. as hell. She's going to make the connection. She's Because go- we do know later on that Hermione says, like, I figured it out because of the lesson that's or the assignment or whatever. Yeah, she been figured it out. Yeah. And I think this is Snape being like, come on, Mrs. Granger. I may not like you, but I know that you're smart enough to figure this out. I, he definitely wants the kids to figure it out. And he oh, definitely yeah. knows that of them, like, Hermione is the one who has the best chance well, of figuring it out. We all know it's not Ron or Harry. Because they, they don't even start the essay. It's, like. it's not even going to be Draco. Like, Draco's not even clever enough to put... It, it literally... Draco's not more clever than either of the other two characters we just listed. No. You don't think he's more clever than Ron? No. They're all three equally uh, unclever. I also do want to point out, like, not to totally shift gears, but, like... This it, there's this is one of those movie Ron versus book Ron differences that just like mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. it really stands out to me um, when uh, Snape calls Hermione an insufferable know-it-all. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that quote up. In that's... the in the movie, Ron leans over and mutters, "He's right," you know, and in yeah. this, Heath like almost throws hands. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. My yeah. boy. Can I read the quote? Is that a Go a for thing? it. Please do. Yeah, I marked it because I was like, oh my God, it's so good. Hermione went very red, put down her hand, and stared at the floor with her eyes full of tears. It was a mark of how much the class loathed Snape that they were all glaring at him because every one of them had called Hermione a know-it-all at least once. And Ron, who told Hermione that she was a know-it-all at least twice a week, said loudly, You asked us a question, and she knows the answer. Why ask if you don't want to be told? He's right, you know. My boy! Yeah, and the movies just butcher that, like... I, I know this is only going to land for, like, three people, but this is for those three people. There is an episode of King of the Hill where Bobby has to, like, quit smoking cigarettes. It's a very long story. And when he does that, he, like, gets to this point where he's manic and just, like, he asked her a question. That Like, it just, the I always think of Bobby when he's, like, coming off of nicotine at that moment when Ron answers that question because it's like, you ask a question, she answers the question, what do you think's going to happen? You know, it just, it always reminds me of that. Ron hasn't put himself in front of other people to protect them very much yet. He does it more and more as he develops as a character. Well, as he gets more opportunities to do so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But this this is one of his first real Gryffindor moments, I think. Oh, I would, well, don't forget in the first book when he, you know, on the chess chest set. Yeah. 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 So pretty yeah, early on. Too. But there's still, like, kind of few when we compare it to Harry, for sure. Gryffindor's whole, wait, I tried to say Harry and I accidentally said Gryffindor, <laughs> and that's just, like, kind of all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. I would say, honestly, this is more of a Hufflepuff moment for him. This is sticking up for your friend. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies. Mm. Wait. Wait. But a great deal more to st- yeah, that to your friends. To yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Didn't make sense. What's going on here? Like, I, I think all of us have either been part of a team or part of a club or part of a friendship group where we make fun of someone. If someone on the, in the group gets made fun of, but the moment that someone who's not part of that group says the same thing, your friendship, it's like, oh fuck no, no no, that's that's our thing. That's you not haven't your earned thing. this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's like I think this is Ron showing like. Ron is such a good boy at heart, and this is, like, that coming up. I think it's more of a friendship than, like, a break. Because I think this is anger. This isn't, like, courage. This isn't, like, I'm... It's an outburst. Yeah, it's not I'm overcoming fear. This is purely, fuck you, no. Yeah. That's our girl. Like, mm -mm, Mm -hmm. you're not going to say that. It says everyone has called Hermione a know-it-all at least once, and Ron has said it to her face at least once a week. That's, like, that's friendship, right? Like, Mm -hmm. friendship... Is A-B-B-A-B, always be braiding and belittling, you know? It's like, <laughs> if you're not teasing each other, like, what? What know, are you doing? Yeah, why Do are you friends? Do you even friends? know them? Yeah. <laughs> so, at the end of class, Snape assigns two rolls of parchment, um, like an essay, about how to recognize and kill werewolves. And my very last note for this um, section of this chapter is, what the fuck? First of all, yeah, what the fuck? And then also, two rolls of parchment, do we know how long that is? We have no idea. Okay. Sounds like a lot, though. Oh, and Ron gets detention. And Ron gets detention, yeah, for speaking up. Scrubbing yeah, you- the p- hospital wing bedpans out. Without, without magic. Without magic. Which reminds me a lot of cleaning the trophy room in the second yeah. book. He has, to do- he has never done one single second of manual labor no. you in his life. You don't think him do manual labor? Not like this. Does denoming the garden count as manual labor? I, that's not. I don't think it's the same. I don't, he, wizards don't scrub. No, you know what I mean. No, I totally see Molly being the type though that like if you fuck up, you've got to do like I see that being a Molly Weasley punishment. 
But like not poop. No, yeah, not not, not like pants. Yeah. yeah, Molly Weasley will make <sighs> you scrub out a skillet. She won't make you like 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 fill in the privy or something. If the cat barfs, she's cleaning <laughs> that up with magic. She's not gonna make you handle that. I, but like, does he get gloves? We we don't know, and I don't really think like, we need to harp on uh, it yeah, quite I, this I much. I have questions about the bedpan thing, like how many students are using this, and like why are they? Yeah, in the, but I, I also don't really want to get into it. <laughs> Turns out, no one's actually in the hospital wing these two weeks. He li- literally just goes and like sits there for a while, and you know, ma- cleans clean bedpans. Yeah, cleans the already clean bedpans, and Madame Bomfrey's like, "You're good." Because <laughs> also, do you think Madame Pomfrey would let a student have to handle biological waste like that without... Yes. For punishment that she th- doesn't want to yeah. implicate herself in, yes. And she doesn't want to do sure. it herself. She wants to yeah, p- Madame Pomfrey yeah. doesn't give a shit, dude. I don't know. I don't see her letting someone potentially catch disease that easily. I don't think they would catch a disease. They have magic. I think she anything that happened to them, she could fix it right away. Mm-hmm. She's like, whatever, some, some teacher thinks you deserve this. Fucking do it then. <laughs> oh, poor Ron. Just gives him like like magic eye drops for pink eye. Like you're fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, one one. Oh, one one. Well, any other man? I am glad I split this chapter in half because yeah. this took a hot fucking minute. But also, yeah, what the fuck for uh, recognizing killing werewolves? You brought that up, but then we switched to bedpans. It's one thing to identify them, but like, why you got to teach these kids murder? Yeah. So much murder afoot. Yeah. Do we think it's like a silver bullet kind of situation in the wizarding world? Because I know that's like kind what of like the folklore. Yeah, exactly. So is it silver? A stake. Stake through the heart, right? That's vampires. Oh my God. Wait, I'm so stupid. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally was like, as I said that, I was like, you know, like in what we do in the shadows, <laughs> which is a vampire movie. Wait, wait, wait. What are we? What are we? Werewolves, werewolves, not not werewolves. werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Any any last thoughts? Oh, and Ron calls Snape um, a very oh, yes. like bad word that Hermione Remi- uh, Rem- Hermione is like <laughs> like Ron. Oh my god. So like, what do we think? What do we think? Uh, and this is the first of very many. I think it's the first of very many like Ron moments where he says. Something that like is bleeped well, out. Something, the, something it, more P, more than mm-hmm. PG thirteen. In the last chapter, he there's a similar phrase about him talking about Professor McGonagall um, after she like won't sign the permission slip, and I'm pretty sure he calls her a bitch in that moment. So that one to me is pretty obvious. This one's pretty obvious to me. An asshole. I think no. bastard. I, I, I want to say fucker. Fucker, wanker, a motherfucker. He wishes. He wishes he was a motherfucker. I mean, I mean, cunt. But like, I I mean, I would call Snape a cunt. I would call Snape a cunt. I don't know if he would call. I don't know if Ron would call Snape a cunt. I think he's saying asshole. Are you saying bastard? Bastard. Eh. When I was thirteen, none of those had any weight. Yeah, but this is a book written for 13 year olds which is different from what 13 year olds actually say to each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think in, in that bitch's head as she was writing it, she was like yeah bastard asshole something pretty run in the mill mm-hmm. i don't think she was like oh yeah he said fucking cunt <laughs> that's actually a deleted scene from the movie the tape exists somewhere <laughs> just rupert, rupert grint. grint and like 13 uh, like what <laughs> no it's just a reel of rupert grint saying different words like just say what yeah. just say what feels right in the moment <laughs> oh my God. and then the first time he drops the c-bomb like every <laughs> adult's like okay 
from this list of words, say whatever feels right. They're like, you know what? Actually, that really worked, but I don't think we're going to get that past the censors. Um, <laughs> it is worth noting that Brit- to British people, the word cunt is like way less severe than it is for yeah. Americans. Most Americans won't even say that word. I'm a big fan of taboo words are all a social construct and say whatever you want. No, I personally find great enjoyment in calling select men cunts. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it on up. Let's get into some plugs. Haley, will you please go first? I will go first. I've got kind of a weird one. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with this website called Art Breeder lately. Um, I I showed you I showed it to you, Christina. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If you that are one. if you're a creative person, like especially a writer, and you come up with like characters a lot, it's this really weird website you can do a lot of stuff you can like create landscapes and stuff but the main thing that people use it for is human faces and you can like create custom faces that look like people they can be more stylized there's a word for what that is and it's like i'm sure like a composite yeah like so you can do these like composite images so like and it's really, the controls are kind of weird. They take a little getting used to, but they're really fun to fuck around with. Sometimes you accidentally make really nightmares. <laughs> Sometimes you make, like, monsters. Yeah. Or you can create people who look like actual people that you would see in Starbucks. Um, mm-hmm. And you can, like, you can kind of create different phenotypes a little bit. So, like, if you're thinking, all right, well, my character is uh, a little more ethnic than this, like, white face that I'm starting off with, then you can do that. You can make them look more Indian or Middle Eastern or Black and, like, Mm -hmm. just blend features until you get, like, something that looks like who you see in your head. Um, And... It's, I will say, uh, the red control is your friend, because the more you fuck with it, the more orange people turn. Um, so if you, if, if your character's turning orange, make them less red. That's my trick. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's a lot of fun once you figure out the, uh, the controls. So if you're a creative person, art breeder, um, it's, it's a good way to kill a weekend. <laughs> You can either start with, like, a face and then just mess with that face, or you can take, like, two faces and, like, make what their kid would look like, basically, and mm-hmm. just, like, and kind of make it, like, more look like one, look more like the other, and go from there. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's some writerly shit there. Also, follow Haley on Twitter at the writ to uh, wit if you must. Linked in the show <laughs> notes. Andrew, your turn. Listeners, it is now at least... February 3rd, which means that as of at least four days ago, the world got a gift, a true gift, one that four young ladies put together for us. Oh, here we go. And so my plug is going to be, if you have not already, to make sure that you watch Blackpink the show, because my God, just pure, pure entertainment. Just, oh, wonderful. That's my plug. (laughs) Very presentational. I love it. It's all about the drama. <laughs> Adele, what do you got to plug? Um, you can find me on Twitter um, at Adele underscore uh, Marlin, which is M-A-R-A-L-I-N. I forgot how to spell for a second. Yeah, I will say tweet <laughs> about um, music stuff because I'm in music school and medieval stuff because I like that. And my plug for this week is the Legend series by Marie Lu which is a YA novel series kind of, I think it was published around seven years ago. It's really, really good. Um, The first book is kind of based on this premise of 
the interactions between uh, Javert and Valjean from Les Mis. Um, and it's kind of this like retelling and there's romance and there's, it's like the future dystopian world. Um, and there's three books and yeah, I really like it. And I reread it recently. So yeah, check it out. It's cool. I, I've read those a while ago. I don't really remember. I should Yeah, it's worth a reread. They're, they're good. Hell yeah. I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Christina Khan. And this week I'm plugging Megamind, dude. I fucking love animated movies. I love animated movies. I love, <laughs> wait, am I going to say it a third time? I fucking love animated movies. This one is so funny. It's just like, it's Will Ferrell as like a, an evil alien and Brad Pitt as Metro Man. And it's just like so fucking funny. One of my favorite jokes is when characters like blissfully mispronounce things and that's like the entire character of Megamind is <laughs> just like mis- blissfully mispronouncing things. It's so fucking funny. David Cross is in it. Oh my god. We were talking about him at work recently. Yeah, 10 out of 10 recommend for a good old-fashioned family fun. <laughs> Come take your family to Metrocity. Metrocity. Yeah, Metrocity. <laughs> yep. And the spider. Spider. <laughs> Adele, thank you so much for joining us. Thank for you so this. much for having me. Thank you, Adele. Yeah. Thank you for enduring. I really thought this was going to be a shorty, but uh, whatever <laughs> I think that it never is. It never is. So um, it was super fun, and um, we're just so glad to chat with you. Thank you so much. Well, until next time, get out of the rain. This is no fucking weather to play Quidditch in. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye now. That was good. That was good. Wham bam. The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at restrictedsectionpod or shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. Haley is the Dumbledore from Potter Puppet Pals. <laughs>